This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Jerry Hamilton on three uh, national uh, college football and basketball uh, recruiting analysts, as well as Inside Texas recruiting reporter and analyst. How are you doing today, Jerry? Good, Bobby. Back in uh, back in Texas for a little while. Uh, uh, I see. I, I got to be honest. I see the ceiling fan behind you. Nothing says Texas more than a ceiling fan, right? <laughs> yeah, at, at Starbucks outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, um, thanks for coming on today. Uh, we had the Future 50, uh, the nation's top uh, 50 or so prospects, you know, different positions. Some kids weren't able to make it, et cetera. But uh, about the top 50 or so players in the country uh, convened in uh, Bradenton, Florida over the weekend. You were there, uh, you know, and uh, really the only person there at, from uh, reporting from a Texas perspective from any site. I uh, wanted to get your take on the guys that were there that Texas is interested in right now. Uh, Go down the list. I mean, from Jonte Cook to Malik Muhammad, Javian Toviano, uh, Sadir Mitchell, who we spoke with. You were nice enough to get him on the on the show this week. Um, there were several other guys. I, I think I don't think Jordan Hall was there, but uh, no. I'm trying to remember. There's a couple others, but yeah. I want you to go into what you saw, what you think coming out of it. Yeah, let's start with Sadir Mitchell because uh, you know just having him on the show. Uh, you know, the D-line instructor for Under Armour game and events is Nathan O'Neill, who we've had on the show before, works with a bunch of NFL guys, works all the Under Armour camps, um, and we'll, we'll need to get him on again soon. But uh, he's worked with Sadir multiple times and absolutely loves Sadir Mitchell's upside. Uh, he thinks he's one of the top A-gap prospects uh, he's come across in the last four or five years. That's how highly he thinks of Sadir Mitchell and uh, just the feet, the athleticism, the way he can bend. Uh, he has the, what, 81-and-a-half-inch wingspan, 9-and-a-half-inch hands, as we had on the show. He's an intelligent kid. He's a guy that you can teach and he learns. Um, and he wants to be more than a run stop stopper. And, and he said that on the show with us, and I think that impresses Nathan that he wants to expand his game. And he asked what he has to do to be an all-around player and expand his game. Uh, so starting there, you know, I saw in person everything Nathan had told, told me about, uh, you know, the kid can really bend. He's got really quick feet for his size. See, look, he's down to 335, 338 pounds from around 355, uh, probably on saw a junior tape. So I expect to see a much quicker, different player on senior tape. Uh, but I think that everything backed up what I heard uh, on him. And look, I think, Bobby, we've talked about Sidir Mitchell before. Anytime he's at the top of the board at Georgia, Texas A&M after they signed a slew of five-star defensive linemen and Bo Davis and Texas go to New Jersey to recruit a defensive lineman, which I can't, I'm not sure that's ever happened before. Honestly, that tells you uh, how high level uh, high end talent that Sadir Mitchell is. And I thought he backed it up um, at, at the event. The other Texas commit, Jonte Cook. Look, um, I think Jonte Cook is one of the two or three top route runners of all the receivers in the 2023 cycle. I, I think, and look, he works with margin hook. So yes, that's going to help him. 
but he's got great feet and great change of direction, great agility. He ran a 4.07 laser shuttle at Under Armour Camp Dallas in March, and that's just moving on an NFL combine level, right? Uh, and I think where he's just got to get more consistent is catching the football. It's, all, it's interesting to watch him now. I watched him a, co- uh, a couple times last year, watching him at this event again, seeing him uh, around uh, between then. But on, anytime it's a route outside the numbers where he has to instantly react and get his hands up and ar- extend his arms, he looks tremendous. He looks like the guy that people talk about as a potential five-star wide receiver prospect. Anytime he's in a situation where he can catch the ball with his body, though, throws down the field, inside the numbers as it turns out down the field he tends to catch the ball with his body and those he had a couple of balls bounce off his chest Saturday and I know that may be a little being hard on guys but that's what we do we watch the guys and we're going to be honest about what we see the same thing happened against Converse Judson last year which would have been a couple of touchdown catches uh in the big loss to Judson San Antonio so every player has stuff they need to work on right and so I think with Cook it's just about consistency it's not a hands issue because when he's outside the numbers and he comes out of that cut, those hands are up and he snatches the ball out of the air. But it's getting over a bad habit issue that it, it, you got you to gotta get over that at the next level. You can't be catching your ball off the body in traffic down the field at the next level. I mean, th- that's going to be too many incompletions that should be catches. I'd be interested to hear what Margin Hooks has to say about that if you gave him that feedback and, and see what he thought. And uh, well, maybe uh, we should get Margin on the show and have him talk <laughs> about all those guys. Isaiah Naor, Cook, I'll let him talk about all those guys. Might be yeah, great. Ab- absolutely. Uh, Malik Muhammad uh, was also there. Uh, the young man that, from South Oak Cliff, cornerback, expected to make his decision tomorrow evening, uh, I believe, uh, between Texas, Texas A&M, and Alabama. Uh, how did he look, uh, and what are the Longhorns' chances there, Jerry? Yeah, first off, he's a really smooth mover at the cornerback position, and he's a stronger guy. He's he's added really good weight. He's always been strong, like, in his thighs, in his legs, in his calves. He always had that look. But he's got long arms, and those long arms have added some definition uh, since the end of the season, obviously, South Oak Cliff State Championship season. Um, so he's a guy that, you know, we call him wiry strong because he's 5'11", 175. But there's more strong in that wire now, so to speak. Um, but he's just smooth in coverage. He's a smooth mover. Um, you know, I think the area he'd probably say he, he can improve is continuing to finish plays on the football. But, look, we have him ranked 30 in the uh, on 300. Uh, really talented prospect. I think Texas leads big over Alabama. I think A&M's actually third. Um, I, I think Alabama is probably number two on that list. Um, and, and, look, he, he's a guy that we've always said profiles well to Texas. Um, and upsets happen in recruiting, but I'll be surprised if he doesn't pick Texas tomorrow. Got it. Uh, what about uh, Jalen Hale, JV and Toviano, and David Hicks? They yeah. were all there, uncommitted, Longhorns yeah. involved. Uh, how did they look? What, what did uh, you get on the ground? Hicks, Hicks, Hicks wasn't there, but oh, uh, Hicks Jaylen wasn't. Hale, he wasn't there. Jalen Hale showed really well, especially against zone coverage. Um, he, he showed the ability to work across the field in the zone against zone seven on seven. Really caught the football well in traffic areas, going across the middle, which I think is big for him because he's a guy who's not going to fire off the line and just race by coverage. That's not his game. His game, and I think he's actually a better player on Friday nights when the pads are on, when you can break a tackle and go maximize yards after catch. But, again, he showed the ability to extend those arms, snatch the ball in the air in traffic areas, especially against zone coverage. And I think that, you know, he's a guy that, 
Um, you know, should he go to Texas? And he's announcing September 22nd. I think Texas leads Alabama in this one. Georgia's a distant third. Uh, but I think he's a guy that uh, would work very well in the Texas offense, would have a chance to make a lot of plays um, the way uh, Sarkeesian schemes to get guys open. He made some noise down there by saying, being quoted as saying that he already knew where he was going, but he still had a couple of visits to take and, and wouldn't announce till September. Did that, obviously you and I both, we've been around this a long time. Right. Um, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. Uh, do you feel like he really knows where he wants to go and this is a done recruitment or do you think there's still some some legwork to be done before he announces kind of thing? Because it, if, if he's not announcing until September, he's not right. announcing. I, I think as of last weekend at IMG, he knew where he wanted to go. But then you get to that, are you going to take that September 3rd visit to Alabama with mom and pops and everybody and they go get in front of Nick Saban, right, for the hard sell? Um, I think that's the question. And here's the other thing, Bobby, I think that's interesting about that is Jalen Hell coming out and saying, I already know where I'm going. If Alabama thinks that's Texas based on conversations, do they still bring him in? That's the other twist to the recruitment, right? I mean, if, if, if in their mind they think it's a lost cause, do, do those visits still happen? I think it's interesting where he shows up at the end of July. He said the barbecue in Austin. I know Alabama's also trying to get him to Tuscaloosa that last weekend. Justin Wells has mentioned that. So I think where he shows up that, that weekend, last weekend in July, which is two weekends away, will be big. Um, but I do think he pretty ha has a pretty good idea in his head where he's going right now. What about a young man from Arlington, Martin, JV, and Toviano? Toviano, you know, look, we list him as a safety. I think he's a defensive back. And the re I, listing him as a safety is a compliment to him because – Man, this guy's super intelligent. He jumps routes. He he has great eye discipline, Bobby, it, it, as a corner. But he he just reads everything so well. And the thought is, okay, is he does he run about on the same level as an Anthony Cook, right? Where Anthony Cook ends up moving from corner to nickel. Cook could play safety. I think there's some similarities there. I think Toviano's a better player um, coming out of high school. Um, uh, but I just think his intelligence and in, in just his ability, the eye discipline, I think he would be a guy that you could stick in the back end. And he's he's a big, he's a strong kid at six foot 185, 190. He'll be 195. But he can call your defense from the back end. He makes you better uh, play to play at safety. And I think there's a ton of value in that. And then you can slide him down the nickel and he can cover if you want to do that. I just think he's such a versatile guy because of in his intelligence and makes him a tremendous pro prospect. And I know you got something to ask before I had his college. Yeah, I do because it's it, his list of schools is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, it's Texas and Texas A&M, which, you know, it, that's, that's kind of normal. Um, but then it comes out with a Michigan, Ohio state, yeah. a Georgia, you know, he, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's not, it does outside of the two in-state schools. It doesn't really follow a pattern, right. I guess is the best way to put it. So what are your thoughts on that and, and okay. where he's, yeah. where he's headed? Here's where I think it is for him right now. And first of all, he's intelligent. He's calculated. He is a, I call him mystery man. And one of the things I wrote it inside Texas today, and I think he is in recruiting. I think that's a, again, that's a compliment to him. I, I ultimately I think he stays close to home. So Texas, Texas A&M, and LSU's in the mix there. I mean, he's talking about going there the, down there the last weekend in July, made it unofficial in the spring. I think he's connected with the LSU staff. Do I think he goes there ultimately? I think I'd be surprised. Um, Oregon is the school he loved growing up. He was wearing an Oregon jacket, and it means nothing, but he was wearing that Oregon jacket down at IMG when he got off the plane. 
And he's always loved the Ducks. But, look, he's never been to Oregon before. He didn't get out there in the spring. He didn't get out there in the summer. Um, so, to me, that's not really realistic right now for him as much as he loves Oregon. I still think it's going to come down to Texas and Texas a and maybe LSU at the end of the day. But I thought the interesting thing with talking to Toviano was that he, he's talking about making a decision before the Lake Travis game, first game of the season, if not before then. But still possibly taking official visits, possibly. So I, I think he's he keeps everybody guessing. I think he may have a little better idea where he wants to go than any of us will ever know right now. I think Texas made headway since June 23rd at 11, 16 a.m. for sure. When Arch Manning committed, that is the time and the date because I'll reference that for the next few months. Uh, but where he ends up, I look, Texas, I think, has gained some confidence. I think A&M's been confident for a while. I think LSU feels a little confidence in that, especially if he shows up the end July. And Michigan. And they, they, they and Michigan. acted like yeah. they, they've got you. All right, so let's, let's move forward. Yesterday, I, I went over – uh, the offensive recruiting board because there just isn't that. There's some key players. Like we mentioned a couple of receivers like Hale. Um, we've also talked about possibly another offensive lineman, Cedric Baxter, obviously, uh, the, uh, who, I meant, who I called Cedric Benson at least once in yesterday's, uh, in yesterday's uh, video cast. So excuse me for that. Uh, uh, if if uh, Cedric Baxter has the career that Cedric Benson did, I think that uh, – uh, Cedric Baxter would be very happy. Top five pick in the draft. Cedric Benson was, I think, four or 5,000 yards rushing for the Longhorns in his career. But uh, he's announcing August 10. Pretty much done on offense with the exception of some really key guys. Defense, however, is a lot more TBD, right? To be determined. You did something today on Inside Texas uh, where you went over a best-case class scenario not necessarily best case as much. It was best case, don't get me wrong, but it was also where you're feeling things are headed a little bit too. It, it put some calculations in there in your head, kind of what you were thinking, how it was uh, looking right now for the Longhorns. Um, yeah, that, so, yeah um, I did that. And that best class scenario is, is, that's like the highest ranked class Texas could have in that scenario for me. Um, and I, there's been a lot of discussion on Inside Text on the thread about it. Well, what about Mikhail Harrison Pilot? What about Colton Vosick? I said, I'm not saying if they don't call and raise their hand, Texas doesn't take them. That's not what I'm saying. That was strictly based from a best class scenario rankings perspective, how Texas could challenge for the number one recruiting class. Uh, but defensively, I think it's very interesting. And it's obviously it starts on the defensive line. Yeah, let, let's let me let me go down those with you. Okay, okay let me let me uh, ping you with questions here a little bit. So yep. you get a we keep we keep it in at this. So at defensive line, really, they have two commitments right now, Dylan Spencer and Sadir Mitchell. Sadir Mitchell, A-gap, Dylan Spencer could play across the line probably. Right. Okay. So he's a two, a two, three, five, whatever he ends up, his body takes him. Mitchell is a definite A-gap player. Okay. So you, you have those two. They're also in on, and this is, this is where you kind of pick and they're also in on David Hicks. Jordan Hall, Jamarius Brown, Hunter Osborne, Terrence Green. You didn't mention you mentioned Brown and Hall, I think, but not Green and Hicks, but not Green or Osborne in that group. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. I think Green's out with Texas. Texas and Green are done. Um, if he doesn't go to Oregon in the near future, I'll be surprised. Uh, the only way I think he doesn't end up as Oregon is if Oregon actually doesn't have a spot for him when he's ready to commit, which I'd be surprised at that as well. Osborne, I just think that communication just hasn't been there for that to be realistic. Can things change? Yeah. But I just don't think that one's looking really realistic right now. Um, 
Jamarius Brown's scheduled to come in the last weekend in July. I know Tennessee's trying to get him in that weekend too, but right now he's scheduled to be at Texas. Uh, and look, we moved him up to 102 nationally in the on 300. We think he's one of the more underrated prospects in the country. I think it's because he's not a kid that's gone to camps. He hasn't gone and tested. He hasn't, he, you know, he hasn't shown up on as many campuses. He's at Moss Point, Mississippi, right? Bobby, how many guys have we covered over the years like this? I, I, looks, I, I, it reminds me. Like Henry Melton. <laughs> I, I've got to tell you about this. So it's got, it reminds me of this. You and I, about 10 years ago, were sitting in an office, and I said, you know, a high school coach, yes. an old high school coach from Mississippi told me, that we need to get down. We didn't even have him in the, I don't know that we had him in the database, but an we old high not. school coach. We did not being fully transparent. Yeah, we didn't have him in the database. An old high school coach in Mississippi that I'd known and got to know said, you need to go look at this kid named Chris Jones <laughs> out of, I can't even remember where he was in Mississippi. I go, why? He goes, oh, I think he's the best player I've seen in a couple of years. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I'm like, what? I mean, and he was, I, I looked him up and I like, and he had a Mississippi state offer and that was it in right. the middle of Mississippi. And I, so I told Jerry about it and Jerry goes, I'm going to go down there and see him. And Jerry got in the car and went down. And I, I say this because, you know, Moss Point's a little bit more well-known than Chris Jones owned yeah. down. Uh, but Jerry goes down there and sees him, sends back a photo. You know, Chris Jones is now what, eight, 10 years in the league, whatever it is was our number two player in that class at, at 247. Yeah. Number two overall. My, my point is, he yep. was the number one player in the state of Mississippi. Yes. Denarius Brown, uh, uh, we have currently ranked the number one player in the state of Mississippi. He's probably better than the number 102 player in the country. Right. No right. offense to whoever's doing the rankings at right. any place. Um, right. And so guys like that at Mississippi, people don't realize it. It just happens. Uh and uh, so Janorius, uh, is it Janorius or Jamarius? Jamarius. Jamarius. Okay. He, he is um, one of those guys that I think people just need to pay attention to because yeah. it, it, just because he doesn't show up at a Nike camp in Dallas or in Atlanta, which are the two yeah. major metros, you know, sitting between there, you know, I, I, I feel like you're just, uh, you're, you're, you're missing Look, and, and the I'll point. And I'll, and I'll tell you how, how missed he could actually be in the business. I tried to call. I, I tried to call him. Phone wasn't working. I DM the guy on Twitter. He calls me from a friend's cell phone. He doesn't have a cell phone. So I mean, look for college coaches. He's difficult to get a hold of, right? So he's a guy that's going to be less publicized than others. I mean, I know Alabama, Ole Miss, Texas, Tennessee have to work through the high school coaching staff to get the kid. That's where this recruitment's at. That and there are still some recruitments like that. Um, great kid on the phone, by the way. Um, but for those that haven't watched his huddle, Jamarius Brown, go watch it. He kicks off, he punts, he kicks off and tackles the guy. <laughs> he looks like Henry Melton taking a handoff. Then when he's standing up on the edge, you see uh, on defense, you see all his athleticism, big time talent. Then we move to David Hicks. Look, Texas has kept making headway on this. The communication's been consistent. Since June 23rd, about 20 minutes after that big commitment, um, Hicks showed up the first week in June. 
the first week in June in Austin. He's going to come back for an official visit during the fall or December if he stays on that timeline, which currently is the Under Armour All-America game, which will be January 2nd or 3rd. He'll be at Oklahoma the last weekend in July. It's Oklahoma, A&M, and Texas. I know there's seven schools involved, but one of those three schools is going to win this recruitment. The family really loves Todd Bates. Uh, that's been a consistent the whole way through. A&M sides had confidence. Oklahoma sides had confidence. Texas is now realizing, oh, we actually have a legit shot at this right now. A recruitment that'll take time to play out. You recruit through the whistle on this one, and he's the level talent you do. And if you keep building, stacking blocks on your recruiting class and keep having that momentum gain, uh, especially in the DFW area, even though he's in Katy, uh, he played at Allen last year. He knows a lot of those guys. Uh, but you just got to keep that momentum going with David Hicks. And then Jordan Hall is the interesting one to me because, look, that's a Sadir Mitchell after he commits to Texas, calls up Texas and say, hey, a guy got to know in the recruiting process, Jordan Hall out of West Side High in Jacksonville, Florida, is interested in Texas. He, want, he asked me, why am I going to Texas? And he said he wants to hear from Texas. Well, of course, Bo Davis calls the kid has a conversation with him, takes it back to the staff, comes back and offers Jordan Hall. I mean, Jordan Hall's put out a top 10 list. And look, Georgia's received the most chatter. Florida, Florida State, Miami, everybody's going to fight for this guy. We have him 27 in the country in the latest on 300. He is an explosive defensive tackle with long arms. Uh, his, his upside's really there. But he's remained open in the process. And there's been some questions on the inside Texas. Is he going to come in the last week in July since Sadir Mitchell is? As of right now, he's not. But the thought is he'll take an official visit in the fall. And I think that's a great time to get him on campus for game day atmosphere because he's a kid who's never been to Texas before. And I don't know if you want to, you know, uh, burn your visit chance the last weekend in July when the students really aren't on campus and everything. I, I think getting him in in the fall is, is going to be a big deal. But look, the communication since Texas offered him has been consistent. There's been phone calls. There's been Zoom calls. There's been text. So I think he has genuine interest in Texas and we'll see where it goes in the fall. All right, moving over to Edge. One commitment thus far, Billy Walton from South Oak Cliff. We've talked about him, uh, done a commitment video with him, talked about him at length. The other guys that are kind of in the mix right now, Darian Gallette, uh, yep. who is also being recruited as an off-ball linebacker, right. Braylon Shelby at Friendswood, you know all about, Colton Vosick at Austin-Westlake. Um, and then you have guys like Tosili Akana. Uh, and then a newcomer, relative newcomer, even though he's a top five player in the country or so, and that's Damon Wilson. Uh, and he would be a guy that Texas is sets, sets its sights on if they get in and get a chance, right? I mean, he's, he's right. that kind of player. But, but really, the two there seem like Shelby and Gallette, but Vosick is also in the mix as well. H how does that all meld together for you? Yeah, I, I think, I, I think that if two guys jump in and commit, it could be tough to get that third other highly ranked guy out of the, the Gallette. Uh, Shelby Vosick, and I know Gallette's being recruited as an off-the-ball linebacker, but he kind of factors in both, right? I mean, he's a guy who's going to be 6'3", 250. He's going to be a big kid, a big-time athlete. But I think Gallette and Shelby and Vosick are all going to announce before their senior season. I mean, maybe Gallette goes a little longer, but I, he might not, too. I mean, I, I think that could go at, after the end of July if he shows up at a and uh, I, I think Texas is in a great spot for Gallette still. I think Texas and USC are battling out for Shelby. We'll see if staying close to home, close to mom wins out there. Uh, Vosick's just he's more of a wild card than in, in the, the other two and that I, I think he was leaning to just getting away from Austin to do something different then all the Pac-12 stuff comes down and that's got to leave a hint of doubt um, could Oklahoma be an option man it's hard to see for me to see that one happening it just is maybe it does 
look, I mean, Terrence, Terrence Brooks is at Texas. His father played at A&M, and A&M wanted him. So it does happen, right? So maybe Colton Vosick ends up in Oklahoma. I have a hard time seeing it happen right now. So could that thing slowly trend back to Texas? Is it quietly trending back to Texas right now? Possibly. Uh, but I think all these guys are still going through the decision-making process. I think Gillette's a lot closer to knowing where he wants to go and has been for a few weeks uh, that everybody's just going to get on the same page on that one. But so I think Akana then becomes interesting because at some point it is a numbers game, right? And obviously his sister's uh, going to be on volleyball team at Texas next year, transfer Nebraska. By the way, there's some chatter. Jaron Ellick thinks they're going to be a better volleyball team this year than they have been, which is in the last couple of years, which is interesting to say because they've been really good. But, uh, you know, then Damon Wilson's a complete wild card for me. Uh, I mean, Look, if two guys committed to Texas, let's just say Gillette and Shelby pick Texas and Vossett goes elsewhere. I think he's – we call it a numbers buster right on inside Texas. Dame Wilson's a tremendous talent. I, I think Texas right now – what happened with that was I talked to Damon Wilson the day after he put out that uh, top five with Texas in it. He said Texas is a school he's always had interest in, interest in visiting. They had some communication last spring, not much since then at all. Uh, so I think Texas right now is figuring out, is this a legit chance, first of all? Because he was out on campus at Georgia the same weekend Arch Manning was. He made an official visit to Alabama. Miami's very much in the mix with him. So before you go spend all the resources and recruit this guy, where with Jordan Hall, you already feel like you have a shot at this. Do you have a real shot with, with Damon Wilson? Or is he interested because Arch Manning committed and he's always wanted to visit Texas? So you, you got to kind of work through that and see if that's a realistic shot. But if a visit's scheduled, I'll say this, Texas will feel like it's a realistic shot. And then, then it gets interesting with Damon Olson. And linebacker, let's move to linebacker real quick. Samaje Burrell out of North Crowley, uh, young linebacker already committed to Texas. Leongle Lafau out of uh, Hawaii committed to Texas. Texas continues to recruit Anthony Hill. We mentioned Darian Gallette as kind of that hybrid type guy. Um, Anthony Hill uh, out of Denton Ryan, uh, Jerry, you think that Texas leads right now, even though he's visiting A&M in a week and a half or so? What, what's, what's going on there? And it, does this have something to do with Texas doing well in the, the Metroplex right now? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you know. I, I think Texas has momentum right now. Um, I, I, I think there's Metroplex momentum, recruiting momentum. I think Texas knocked it out of the park on the visit. Uh, I, I think Texas has a lead right now going into the, uh, that unofficial, now unofficial visit to Texas A&M the last weekend in July. I, I, that's everything I hear uh, up around the Denton Ryan program from other recruits. I mean, uh, and look, man, other recruits knew where Arch Manning was going before anybody else did. We talked about that on, on, on our shows. And there's a lot of thought process right now, a lot of thought that Texas leads for Anthony Hill. And that kind of lines up with what we're hearing at Inside Texas. Does that mean Texas is absolutely going to get him? No, it doesn't. But I think they've made up a ton of ground. And I think now, they're sitting in, in the best spot, and A&M's got to now come back and beat Texas for Anthony Hill, which nobody thought was going to happen uh, in April or May. Um, so I think the visit at the end of July is big. I think the big question, too, is doesn't Anthony Hill, doesn't Darian Gillette, do any of these guys show up at Texas on a Thursday, stay over Thursday night, then go to A&M Friday, Saturday? I, I think that's going to be interesting to see. I'm betting one or two guys do. We'll see which ones it is. Yep, I got you. I other interesting guy, and we've talked about the two commitments, uh, Leon Lafau and Samaje Burrell. 
The one guy that we haven't heard much or talked much about since his offer, maybe a couple weeks after his offer, is Javen Anderson out of uh, North Shore, who the thought was he might spin down from safety to linebacker. Is he just kind of a guy that right now Texas is not pushing hard on right now, or yeah. is he a guy they want to see actually in the fall? I, I think that Texas is just not pushing on him. I, I think uh, with the uh, – with Burrell and Lefau committing, that kind of took that out of consideration until Anthony Hill makes a decision. And Anderson's going to play safety this year again for North Shore. I think I think that's a kid they'll continue to evaluate, though. You keep evaluating those guys and see what happens uh, because I have a feeling he's going to have a really big year for North Shore this year. And he may – some people may change their opinion and kind of start seeing him as a safety. Gotcha. All right. Uh, speaking of safety, let's talk about those guys. Um Derek Williams just got his fifth star, New Iberia Westgate, as the star system expands or whatever. Uh, he's a top – that means he's top 30, 32 player in the country right. um, uh, on a consensus level. Uh, Jamel Johnson, who we rank as a safety but could be – he's another one of those guys that's just got a lot of versatility to him, has played really well, was the first commitment in the 2023 class out of Arlington uh, Seguin High School. Uh, and then you have th – that's pretty much it at, at the true safety spot right now, right? And then you dip down into the cornerbacks, and you got Malik Muhammad, who announces tomorrow. We've talked about him. Jordan Matthews out of Baton Rouge, Woodlawn. Uh, he's expected to make uh, a visit to Texas in the next couple of weeks here for the barbecue. Uh, he's also looking at Texas and Alabama, doing the same kind of visit duo as Jalen Hale, by the way. It sounds like. And then JV and Toviano, who we've also mentioned. Um, any other guys in the mix there that you can think of right now? Or is that, and, and, and how do those recruitments set up? We've talked about Muhammad and Toviano, haven't necessarily mentioned uh, Matthews yeah. in this update. Hit on Jordan Matthews. I, I think Texas continues to be the favorite there. Um, how much of a favorite? We'll see. Uh, after the July uh, unofficial visit, I look, I, I think there's a chance the recruitment could end then or it could continue to go on with the official visit process. Um, you know, I, I think Texas leads Alabama. I think Tennessee made a little bit of a mark on that visit. Uh, so we'll see if they become a real player in the recruitment. And um, I, I'm just not hearing enough about LSU to think they're going to be a player in this recruitment. I think right now it's Texas, Alabama, and Tennessee. Uh, but again, I think that last weekend in July is going to be big for the timeline does the timeline move i mean let's uh, let's assume texas gets muhammad wednesday then does that push up a timeline because that's how these timelines change one corner in the boat okay now uh, families may and the kid may see uh, the recruitment a little different um and alabama continues to load up at defensive back as well right so i think that likelihood is those timeline that timeline is going to get sped up it's just how much is it going to get sped up and gotcha. as far as others you know, look, a lot of people have asked about Peyton Bowen because he is this, I would label that a soft commitment to Notre Dame. I think A&M and Oklahoma both have a shot there. I think A&M has a better shot than Oklahoma currently. Uh, so there's been some questions on the inside Texas and in some text threads. Hey, is Texas trying to work on getting Peyton Bowen, who we just ranked as a five-star on three, and I 100% believe it. Um, by the way, I was 100% on board with that ranking. Um I talked to Bone a little bit, and, and Texas didn't sound like a school. For whatever reason, he was just going to have interest in. Could that change? Sure. Is that where it's at right now? I don't think Texas has a shot at Bowen if he was to really open it up. Got it. Okay. All right, um, Jerry, just tremendous information, as always. I, I know the people appreciate it. I'm saying that from uh, – I read it on the comments here on the YouTube channel, on Inside Texas especially. 
Uh, you're just a wealth of knowledge. We appreciate you sharing it with us. Um, if you'll do us a favor, we're almost to 7,000 readers on our uh, subscribers on our YouTube channel. We want to try to get over that this week. Please hit that red subscribe button to, to subscribe to On Texas Football. Also, if you're not a subscriber already to InsideTexas.com, you just don't know what you're missing. Uh, it's insight like what Jerry just gave us uh, that uh, is so interesting and, and uh, makes it fun to follow uh, Texas football in and out of season. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.